hopping in. Boing. <laughs> uh, that was my hopping sound. That's a, that's good. Very cartoonish. Yeah, that's probably what it is. What's uh, up, guys? Hello and welcome back to What's Up With Your Sister. This is Ab. And Marty. Um, we're doing a little intro here this week's segment I wasn't able to participate in, but I'm glad that um, one of us was able to talk with this person and get um, their expertise and just all of their wisdom. But before we hop into that, I think we want to talk a little bit about what's up with us. Um, Yeah, so so let me give a quick, because that kind of was a little vague. (laughs) Sorry. So today's episode, um, we're just going to touch base for a little in the beginning, and then we're going to... switch over to a little conversation that I got to have with a friend of ours, um, Clayton CK, he goes by, um, and we talked a lot about Black Lives Matter and the prison system. So we'll get into that in a second, but just starting with a little ketchup and mustard. Yeah. Last week we talked about uh, housing and found a house we really liked, wrote a letter and all the jazz, and we didn't get it. (laughs) it's very upsetting yeah um so we are still on the market yeah unfortunately it seems like it's honestly been uh, a little bit harder than I thought it was gonna be to be quite honest with you Mm -hmm. um and I was thinking about like my previous experience with buying a house and the market was not like this at all and I feel like I had more control as a buyer Mm -hmm. um where I feel like we're in a seller's market right now yeah and um yeah, it just seems like they're flying out from under us. Yeah. So. But I have faith. Mm-hmm. Gotta faith, have faith, the faith, the faith. faith. Hey. Um. Hopefully, you gotta have. Yeah. Yeah, I um, I'm I'm I I feel like this this all has to be for a reason, and our house is just waiting for us, and we're gonna find it eventually. But, um, yeah, it's it's definitely disheartening. Yeah, I don't feel that way today. But I'll, I'll feel that way again tomorrow. I felt that way this morning. And then we went and looked at houses. And, and it was it just, was like, such awful. a bad... Yeah, like, there was not a single thing. Ugh. So, not that the houses aren't pretty or anything. It's just, like, it just doesn't make sense for the price points. Or it doesn't have all the aspects. Yeah. And, and so, yeah. It's not like the houses are all shit. But they just weren't the right house for us. Yeah. And um, it just sucks. Because I feel like the right houses for us are the most popular. Mm-hmm. So, we're always in... a a bidding battle yeah. and um yeah yeah so we'll we'll have to figure out how we get through that but i think yeah we just keep chugging along mm-hmm. and hopefully houses continue to get listed and like you said the right one will come along i'm sure mm-hmm. but um but other than that um i feel like anything new i'm i'm going on a date tomorrow mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um for the first time in like six months is this a person you know it isn't. Okay. It's not a person I know. Um, I decided to re-download my dating apps. Okay. And after a week of having them re-downloaded, I kind of already wanted to delete them. But we'll see how this date goes. Maybe this will change my mind. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I, I like this guy because he had a, like, little um, boomerang. Or maybe it was a video. In his profile of him eating a donut and dancing while he ate the donut. And mm-hmm. I was like, that is literally like my vibe mm-hmm. so i like this person so 
food makes you happy. Yeah, I dance yeah, I every you. time I eat. So I as long as I can find someone who doesn't judge me for that, I'll be happy. Yeah, I think it'll be nice just to go out in a public place and like sit at a table and have drinks with somebody. So absolutely. Yeah, that'll be fun. I downloaded Hinge too for like less than twenty four hours. Yeah. And then I deleted it again. But that's yeah. just because I really don't like notifications. I can respect that. And I'm pretty sure I went on the app and turned them off, and it's still mm. giving me notifications, so. That's really weird. Hinge. <clears throat> What's going on? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I think a lot of people like them. It's like, if you turn this, it has a little note. It's like, if you turn this off, you could miss the one. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, out of the 127 that I liked me. It. <sighs> Damn. Well. It's a little bit too much for me, honestly. It is. Um, Yeah. But, but we'll see. Besides that, you, you closed some deals. I had a great month at work this, yes. this month, which is good because it's our halfway mark for the year. Um, and it was my biggest month so far this year. So mm-hmm. that is all very good stuff. And if we're buying a house, that means I'm getting a nice bonus check next month. Ew, ew. So that'll be good. And actually, I think July is teed up. To, I, th- I think I have a pretty good second half of the year. Well, I don't know about the whole next six months, but the next like two to three months, I have some good stuff happening. Um, and it's that makes me feel good because I think it's a weird time in this country and like especially for businesses, a lot of them put buying holds and things like that. So um, it's still it's still nice to be able to kind of process that. But yeah, so um, we like I said, we just want to touch base. I don't think there's really much to catch up on today, but I'm really excited to dive into this conversation with um, CK. So, you know, one thing that I was thinking about and like we talked a little bit on on the last podcast is obviously Black Lives Matter. Uh, both of us are part of that movement and going to, for the foreseen future, be part of that movement and I think always um, have that as an aspect in our lives. But um, I know from like social media, you know, obviously there was like the Tuesday blackout and there was a lot when the protests were at their height and spot and I'm kind of seeing things fall back to normal you know and and conversations fall back to normal and I'm also in that boat like you know living your day-to-day life and sharing your normal things Um, but I do want to make Black Lives Matter a conversation that's ongoing and I think there are so many aspects to look at it from so I'm hoping to have this be the first of many conversations with um, friends and um, others that we can learn from to talk about every aspect of our society, our systems, and how they suppress black people. Um, and so t- today and, and for this podcast, um, we really talked mainly about um, the prison system and how uh, the prison system really fundamentally was set up and has been used and driven as a way to um, incarcerate in in mass numbers black people and really dismantle black communities, black families, um, you know, take away black fathers. There's so many aspects as to what the prison systems are doing. And not only that, but just the the whole judicial system and how it is kind of inherently racist in, in its ways. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's an interesting conversation. I think it's a good place to start. It's still something that's relevant today, you know, mm-hmm. um, but it's just one piece of obviously a lot of aspects yeah, in this our society. Is, this is just the first of many conversations that we need to be having. Yeah. And I think we'll come back to it a couple of times, but um, looking forward to it. And so I wanted to just make a plug. Um, CK's Instagram is um, at built underscore fit 
Um, he, he's awesome and he provides a lot of inspiration and he also provides a lot of fitness inspiration. So anyone out there who likes to follow trainers, he's, he's an awesome trainer. We go to his gym actually. Um, so yeah, hopefully you guys enjoy it and we'd love to hear your feedback as um, you listen to the podcast. All right. So we're just going to jump right in. Take a second to introduce yourself and maybe tell a little bit of your story, your background. Um, hey, y'all. What's up? This is uh, CK. Um, my name is Clayton Kellum. I'm from Coatesville. Uh, grew up in Coatesville. Um, right now, uh, owner of a gym in Downingtown called Built Fitness. And uh, just happy to be here. You know, I love to have the opportunity to, to sit with you know, people who are like-minded and friends and family. So this is just a great time. I'm just thankful to be here. Awesome. We're really glad to have you. And um, it's, I know it's been a challenge to get our schedules together, but it's, it's awesome to talk. And I think obviously the conversation of black lives and what people of that are black and of minorities go through in our country and around the world is very predominant right now, but it's been important always and it will always be important but I think with the movement and the activities around our country of, of people protesting and people going out and telling their stories of how you know they've been wronged by the system or been set back um, you know it's just super important so I, I was wondering if you wanted to just if you wouldn't mind taking a couple minutes to kind of tell your story from you know what you experienced as a young man and you don't have to go into too much detail but just kind of how, how you experienced the judicial system and it really um, I think cornered you into, you know, being imprisoned for an unjust amount of time. Well, I think the the, the first thing um, with this conversation is, you know, I feel like people need to be educated on, you know, more than just, you know, things that are happening predominantly right now. Um, cause everything that's happening predominantly right now is a process that's been happening for a very, very long time. And, you know, we're seeing black men being killed, being abused, being disrespected, black men and black women, um, being killed, being abused and disrespected, um, not only by police, mm -hmm. but by culture, mm -hmm. all right, by a culture that was built in this country and, systems that have been built in this country and so for me you know as a young black man who have has experienced a lot of injustice a lot of prejudice um this became a time for me to really look at you know the things that i'm doing that is really going to empower people to understand how to create change and from my experience you know i, I was when i got a chance to speak at the um, protests in, in my hometown of Coatesville, one of the main things I wanted people to understand is it's a big fight and you got to know that we're fighting on a lot of levels. Mm -hmm. And for me, I was sentenced to 20 years in prison under a very unjust, prejudiced law that was literally created to lock black men up for lifetimes mm -hmm. and it was created that way and it has it has done it you know that law was created in 1986 and since 1986 to 2008 that law has predominantly been destroying black lives black families black culture within communities and yeah. it's not to say that you know the things that you know I was arrested for don't deserve a penalty but it's 
the way they set the penalty system up mm -hmm. and set it up in a way that would just take a young black man and put him in jail for 20 years and what's supposed to happen i mean think about yeah, that and, and and in your case and in many other cases that was a first offense so there wasn't even a strike system in no those system. you know in those scenarios um and it is it's and we've talked about this uh, i think in a, a couple different ways where you know it wasn't just to imprison you in that time but it was to put you in a position where you either had to then stay in the system to survive or come out of the system and not be able to function in society. Correct. It, cre it created Correct. this narrative where you would never be a, a functioning member of society. And right. I put air Correct. quotes around that, but that was that was ultimately, I think, the goal, of, those, of, the goal. of the laws. And yes. what they were going to create is more distance between the black community mm. and the, the men in the black community right. being leaders mm -hmm. and being able to provide for their families and being home correct even correct so um you're, yeah you're hitting on exactly what that was created for mm -hmm. now and that's a deep thought just think about that that you know that leaders in government that can enact this law mm -hmm. this laws when laws are created they have to go through stages they have to go through the house they have to go to the senate the president have to sign you know there's stages and that to think that in every stage there was an agreement mm -hmm. on a law that's being created to lock black men up for a period of time that does not take into consideration their background, things that they have done, that doesn't take into consideration the way that their community is affected. It doesn't take into consideration anything. They created the law in a way that black men would be locked up for extended periods of time. In that period of time, what's happening? There's no education system mm -hmm. set up within the Bureau of Prisons. All right. So what's supposed to happen? A man is supposed a, a young black man is supposed to go in there and he's supposed to learn how to survive in there mm -hmm. without nothing being given to them to teach them, to coach them, to guide them to how to get through this sentence yeah. and then return to society and be a productive member of society that will supply for themselves and their families and their community. Mm -hmm. There's nothing given in that process within the Bureau of Prison Systems. And so here's the law. The laws created to put you there for a long time. You're there for a long time. And while you're there, you're basically becoming institutionalized by a system that's not even creating a way for you to go home and win. Yeah. But it's creating a system for you to work. Mm -hmm. So it becomes another system of slavery. Mm -hmm. Because we worked there. You know how much I was paid for my job there? No. 10 cents an hour. Oh, I was going to say, I don't think they don't even technically no. have to pay you guys. 10 cents yeah. an hour. They technically do okay. because these places that we work for are actually subcontracting businesses mm -hmm. that sub their, sub their workers to, to the Federal Bureau of Prison. So I would work eight hours a day and really make 80 cents. Wow. Hard labor. Yeah. So it becomes, no, nah, this was, this is, this became a system of new slavery. Mm. And so, you know, once again, um, I'm thankful. I'm, I'm thankful to God uh, that, you know, I was, you know, cultivated in a way, you know, through my parenting and that I was cultivated in a way through the, the men that I encountered in the system to not allow me 
to give up, to mm -hmm. cave in and to quit and not allow me to see myself as being a prisoner, mm -hmm. but to allow me to see myself as somebody who was going to go through this process and who was going to change and who was going to grow and who was going to get smarter and use this process to build himself as a man and come out with a plan to succeed. Mm -hmm. But the system in itself is not created that way. And like I said, once again, the reason why this is an issue now with the Black Lives Matter movement is because we're looking at systems that have been created to shut down the black man or black people yep we're not just looking at policing mm -hmm. because that that is a system and we're looking at what's happening and so we know that we have to shut down that system we have to correct that system but we're also looking at the justice system because in that system we have a strike against the black man and the black community that is trying to lock us up use us as slave labor and send us home set the, with nothing so that the process continues exactly how long it would it take you know for them to end up violating probation or right. parole when they're back home right. you know when there's no jobs to get and, and there's nothing you know there's no opportunities right for them statistics say that one that 67 percent of black men released from jail are back in jail within six months wow. that's that's statistics mm. all right the recidivism rate is 67 percent of black men released from jail 67 mm -hmm. that's high is back in jail within six months yeah now, once again, you know, you have some people who are far or whatever, far left or whatever, who will say, well, that's their doing, but it's not, it's not. And they'll say, well, why is it the responsibility of the, 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 the prison or whatever to rehabilitate you or to do anything to you to make you change? Mm -hmm. Well, it is because if you actually think about what prison is there for if it's just there to penalize you and you know whatever and to give you time for whatever crime you did then the system is already set up to fail yeah the system is all if if we're looking at you know okay we're going to send these guys home and we're going to send them home with nothing what do we know is going to happen yeah and so how are we doing anything to change that so once again i'm thankful you know because what happened to me in prison, I began to think to myself, there was a time period where, you know, prison was getting the best of me. Yeah. And I started, you know, I had somebody that really was in my corner that, you know, continued to pray for me and continued to send me the word of God, but also continued to, you know, speak life into me mm -hmm. within my journey. But at some point, I started to say to myself, somebody's going through this and they're going to come out winning. Mm-hmm. There, there's there, there's a, a guy like me, my age, 20 years old, 22 years old, somewhere within this country going through the same situation I'm going through and they're going to come out and win. Yeah. And am I going, so what am I going to do? You're going to do, do it too. I'm going to come out and win too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so that for me was a big part of changing. It was like, I can't let the system, I can't let the injustice, I can't let the pain, as hard as it is, yeah. to see the end of a 15 year sentence, you can't see it, but at some point you gotta make a decision. Yo, I gotta live, and I gotta educate, and I gotta change, and I gotta win yeah. within this situation. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because I think mindset comes a lot into it, but that's not something that people have naturally, and a lot of people may not even have someone in their corner or mm -hmm. even family to call them or connect mm -hmm. with. Um, and so, you know, from a just tearing down on someone's mental health and 
looking at what you're valuing them as a, as a person and what mm -hmm. you're telling them that they mm -hmm. can accomplish mm -hmm. through this system and there's no one there's no outside influence saying mm -hmm. you matter and you're you're awesome and you right. can do anything you put your mind to right. and don't give up yeah. you know there's none of that coming in and so like it I really appreciate that you spread that into the world, mm -hmm. um, not not only to, to black people, to all people, but mm -hmm. I think it's so important for anyone who's being marginalized and beaten down by the system mm -hmm. to to just know that that it, it can be almost a mindset thing. I mean, obviously the system is is going to be against you in ways, and we're mm -hmm. fighting to mm -hmm. change that. Mm -hmm. But if you're stuck in that situation, and you you know were with there was you know at, at that point there was not, I was out of your control mm -hmm. um, to say I'm going to make something of this. It's not going to be an it's not going to be a worthless story. It's it's going to be my story, and mm -hmm. it's going to be who I am, and I'm going to you know accomplish things. It's just. I, I admire that. I, you already know I admire you, and I think you know your story is awesome, and the way that you encourage others is mm -hmm. awesome. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that that piece, you know, and I think the goal is that some of those laws have changed, and some things have been you know rewritten. Mm -hmm. And um, I watched on Netflix the the um, series docu or docu series, doc, docu -series that's thirteen, 13 yes. um, which I think is a good explanation of mm -hmm. what you specifically experienced and what was happening in the 80s and 90s mm -hmm. where everyone was tough on crime and mm -hmm. and it was really across from a political political perspective all parties mm -hmm. that there was this idea that you needed to fight crime and it or fight drugs the war on drugs mm -hmm. um, but ultimately it was only really the drugs in the impoverished communities not the drugs right. in high income communities right. um and and Correct. some of that has has you know we've looked at you know and even today i still have such a hard time with accepting that people are in jail for you know distributing or the sale of marijuana mm -hmm. when we legally marijuana is now a uh when we went into a pandemic it was considered an essential business being mm -hmm. able to get to dispensaries and there are people who are sitting in jail you know for for you know petty crimes against mm -hmm, it mm -hmm. um and and things like that so it's just but ultimately like you said there's there's now an issue of how do you rehabilitate and how do you reinforce getting everyone back into mm -hmm. the 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 world and, and the systems outside right. of prison right. um and so i think that's that's part of of what i'm looking to kind of learn more about and i don't know if you have any opinions on that but mm -hmm. i think um for people who are potentially getting out of the prison system or have gotten caught up in the judicial system but you know have that opportunity to to get back out and have that a second opportunity at life what advice would you you know give to anyone in that scenario or someone who's loving someone in I that would, scenario so so the, let's speak to the, the someone who's loving someone in that scenario. Mm -hmm. Never quit. Never give up on that person. It's the smallest things that you can do. You know, a card, you know, a, Christ, a, a Christmas card, a Father's Day card, you know, a card, a random card. It's nothing like being there, going through what we go through in prison every day and being able to hear your name called at mail call. Mm. It's nothing like that. And it's nothing worse than standing there every day and not hearing your name. Mm. And you watch men around you hear their name and go get their letter. Go get a letter from their girlfriend and go get a letter from their sister or their mm. brother and whatever thing. It's nothing like hearing your name. And so that's one of those, those things that, you know, I tell people, you know, who have brothers, sisters or anybody in prison, never stop. You know what I'm saying? We Yeah, we out here living busy lives, but... 
take the time out once a week, once a month to send a letter, send something that just speaks to them, you know, because yeah, we, we, we got to survive. We got to live in there, but we're in there. Mm -hmm. And one of the feelings that we have in there is that our life is over in there mm -hmm. while everybody's life is moving out here. Mm -hmm. But really life is just moving period. But feeling that you're loved from somebody outside, it, it's, changes you mm -hmm. it changes you like so it's always keep loving them keep loving whoever they are keep keep writing the letters no matter what you know what i'm saying no no matter if you think they're not changing or you think they're the same or whatever it doesn't matter keep loving on you know your brother or your friend or anybody that's in there um and for the 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 man or woman that's in prison you know the main thing that i tell them is don't let your life don't think that just because you're in in prison your life is over the timeline didn't stop. You're just living on the timeline. And this is a situation on the timeline. Mm. And so I'm there in prison. I've seen the most talented people, the most talented artists, the, the most talented tattoo artists, regular artists, talented basketball players, football players. I've seen the most talented people who you, you, you telling these people don't stop. It's not over because we're here. Mm -hmm. You know, some people got a date, a release date, and some people don't. And to the people who don't got a release date, you got to live. You yep. still got to get up every day and live. And that's a powerful thing. That's a powerful thing. And so keep living. And, and with that notion is the notion of now, if you, if you don't see yourself as being dead in prison because you're not outside, now you see yourself as what you're going to do when you get out. Mm-hmm. So you have to plan. You have to work that plan. A lot of us in prison, we just want to be free. But it's not enough to be free. Yeah. You follow what I'm saying? If the doors open, we want to be free so bad that every day we think about just being free. But it's not enough to be free. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's what, that's what, that's what they want. They want us to want to and be free. And that's how people within six months end up back. Right. But they don't want us to prepare yeah. for freedom mm -hmm. remember the story i just told you prepared for the gym but didn't prepare for how i was going to be once i got it yep. and so you you can want freedom all day but you got to prepare for what you're going to do with that freedom now mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying and that the process of owning a gym and running a gym and being a motivational speaker and all that that stuff started seven years before i was free yeah and it started it started in prison and because i i had enough time to see recidivism happening yeah yeah think about that i was in prison 15 years so you know how many men i've seen go home come back go home come back go home never come back go home get killed go home od on drugs go home come back with aids go home you know how much stuff i've saw mm. in 15 years that i was taking note of that right. i was learning from that i was saying that that can't be me I can't. So what needs to happen? Mm -hmm. I need to start planning. Mm -hmm. I need to start looking for the things that, you know, I don't want to do. I need to start thinking about how I don't ever want to come back to this. I need to start valuing what freedom is going to mean to me and start planning for what I'm going to do as a father. Yeah. How I'm going to how I'm going to supply for my, my, my child. You know, how I'm going to be a man and be able to stand up in society and be able to stand in front of a woman and know that I can take care of her. I thought about these things yeah. well before I came home and started initiating the plan of action on how that would happen. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy, but it was me seeing the constant failures in the system yeah. and how men weren't being prepared yeah. for what to do with freedom. I think even that advice um, could go for someone who's not necessarily in the justice system, but even just 
you know, you don't get to choose what communities, families, and neighborhoods you're you're born into. And in some cases, you may be limited on, you know, what you think you can achieve in life and what you think you can do based on where you stand mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. what's around you, what resources are around you. So I think mm-hmm. even the mindset of saying, you know, you can ultimately think, okay, I need to get to out of school. I need to get to 18. Mm-hmm. I need to get to whatever. Right. But what are you going to do when you get there? Mm-hmm. And having that long-term plan of, of who you want to be mm-hmm. and, and what you want to accomplish in life. And right. And starting to build values and traits around that and kind of getting to that. So I I think that's awesome advice, I think, for anyone to take, really, you know, in in any scenario. Um, That's that's awesome. I appreciate that kind of background. I guess just to get back to, you know, Black Lives Matter movement and the movement right now and things that are happening. um, Obviously, you know, there's a lot going on with trying to make sure the conversation keeps happening. And Mm -hmm. I think that's really one of the most important things. Laws and systems changing changing the culture changing mindset I know being someone who I grew up in Coatesville but I was raised by white parents I'm a white woman Mm -hmm. I experienced and had a tilted mindset that I can say now was racist Um, I didn't, I wasn't ever told to be scared of black people or to avoid black people, but I had things in my head that I had somehow justified why black people were in certain situations Mm -hmm. or I had justified why, you know, you should feel a certain way with certain situations. Yes. Mm -hmm. And, and it was, it was all things that I had just learned from society and learned from the world around me and learned from movies. You know what I mean? Let me say this. There are four teachers. All right. There are four teachers. There's parental teaching. So teaching from your parents. There is teaching from education, Mm -hmm. from the education system. There's teaching from experience. Mm -hmm. And then there's teaching from what you see. Mm -hmm. All right. Those are the four teachers. All right. So your parents, the educational system, your experiences, daily experiences, and what you see, television, social media, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Those are the things. But here's what I, you know, I, I want all the conversations. You know, I want them all. Whether you're prejudiced, whether you're racist, whether you're not, whether you say all lives matter, you know, whatever. I'm not scared. I want to engage you mm-hmm. in those conversations. Yeah. Because whether you take the enlightenment I'm going to give you or not is really not up to me. It's up to me to be a voice to it, though. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, we can get into a place of so much friction that we don't understand. All we have to do is put the voice to it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I put the voice with, with individuals when it comes to conversation. I got to put the voice to so that people hear things that they never heard and, and, and so or see things that they never see. Mm-hmm. Um, and so people, black, white, are taught through these four okay. ways of mm-hmm. education. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, with this movement right now, I feel like white people are taken to this movement way differently than they've ever took into in any movement. Mm-hmm. This is not the first time a black man has been killed. This is not the first time Black Lives Matter has been Black Lives Mattering. Right. You follow what I'm saying? Yeah. But particularly in this movement, what I'm seeing is I'm seeing a lot of white people taking to evaluating themselves, evaluating how they've been taught, evaluating you know how they've been seeing things and saying, like you said, wow, I was prejudice and I didn't even know it mm-hmm. you know I never thought to call nobody a nigger but that don't mean that I didn't have a, a prejudice thing up there you, if you follow what I'm saying yeah. I know that word yeah. you follow what I'm saying so 
a lot of people are saying, whoa, I'm starting to see these systems that's been created. Think about this. Yeah. I, I want to take you on a little journey real quick. Yeah. I'm but down. think about this. Slavery in itself, right, has caused so much damage. I mean, it's we can't even really imagine the fullness of damage. And it would take more than just a 20-minute talk to really talk about the damage that it has mm. caused to black people, to black families, to black mentality, to black health, yeah. all right? The damage. But if you can think about the damage that it's caused to black people, what about the damage that it's caused to white people? Because if there was a, a psychological effect within the black mm -hmm. man or the black mm -hmm. woman, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. What was the psychological effect? So when we're saying, hey, white privilege and, and exist and, you know, and white people are saying, hey, I never even knew I was raised. But if you think about this, this was permeated in yeah. your culture since then. Yeah. And you, you might not know it. But I was just I'm born saying? into right. it. You, you're, you're literally just born into it. Yeah. And, 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 and I and, think the terminology of using damage is meaningful there because I think in a lot of cases people think of, you know, when you look at slavery, you know, the white people were in the power play, mm -hmm. right? But that was damaging to our, our culture and who mm -hmm. we are today. It, it damaged us in the and, long and run. That's, it didn't, what, that's the point I'm trying to yeah, make. Yeah. Because if, once again, if it's a power play right. and it's a, and it's a mentality being pushed on to kids. Yeah. And then the kids, kids, mm -hmm. and then the kids, kids, and then generations through, mm -hmm. there's still a permeating voice of slavery and privilege and position that is going through and white culture. That is still one life is right. more valuable than another life. Right. Yeah. It's still alive today. Yeah. And if that, you know, slave owner, or plantation owner, was instituting that within their kids. And then their kids were instituting that within their kids. And then those kids went on to be, you know, the the creators of systems, mm -hmm. whether it was the the service system, the police system, the mortgage system, whatever these systems, those you follow yeah, me? These I are do. all power systems. The, the justice systems system are basically set are up already from set that ideology. Up from an ideology of power, of uh, 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 privilege, of slavery. It's already there. Yeah. And, and once again, if we can, and, and I'm basing this off of looking at both sides, if we can say how damaging slavery was to black culture and black people, then flip it and say, dang, well, imagine how damaging it is that it's been still permeating from that time to now within white culture mm -hmm. and white mm -hmm. people mm -hmm. if you follow what i'm saying no i do so it's like because that doesn't at when those systems are created it's not created it, they weren't never created to be even no. or equal yeah at that time they weren't created that way and so it wasn't that's not what was permeating through time yeah you know what i'm saying through time it's still permeating so yeah there can be a white woman, a white man who says, yo, I've never been prejudiced. I've never did this and done that and did this and done that. But yet permeating through the timeline of your lineage is prejudice, yeah. is power, and is privilege, yeah. is, you know, these things. And interacting with getting a mortgage, buying a home, buying cars, mm -hmm. you know, 
getting into schools and mm -hmm. education. You know, they, that still lies within the systems, and that in itself is, I think, what people are trying to. Uh, explain is that is what is white privilege right, right. And, and yeah being white and having a skin color right. it, having that skin color also is a privilege in a societal mm -hmm. perspective mm -hmm. but if you're looking at the systems and what different people opportunities people have and the things that they're trying to accomplish in the society you know there is more on the on the white person side or the you know the people who come from that heritage right. to get access to it right. to be for it to be available to them yes because so. it was the it was system that was way. created yeah. that way. Yeah. The system, most of the power systems were created yeah. by white people. Yeah. And, 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 and once again, that came from their lineage. It, yeah. That yeah. came from, you know, their play. And, and so it's being able to look at that. It's being able to look at the truths of people who want us to not look at slavery and not look at that time period. But that time period created created so much within both cultures mm -hmm. that was so damaging, so damaging that, you know, it's still, we have to go back. Yeah, we there. have to. We have we to look at it. We have to. Mm -hmm. Because it's actually the staple. It's actually where, how we're here. Yeah. This is how we're here. Yeah. You know, we can't ignore it. We can't not go see it. We can't not go visit it. We have to. Mm -hmm. We have to go back. Reaction. Action and reaction. Mm-hmm. Action reaction. So, an action happens. The world watches George Floyd get killed. Eight minutes and 46 seconds, mm -hmm. a knee on his head by a white officer with his hands in his pocket who pride, pridely kills this man. Yeah. Right? The world watches. That's the action. Mm -hmm. Right? What was the reaction? Protests. Mm -hmm. Rioting. What was the reaction? Uh, anger. What was it? We see all the but the minute we take our eyes off of the action that started these reactions, now we're getting in. We're in the wrong place. So when people come and say, "Oh, the ride, we're riding," no, we're riding because of what? Yeah. The rioting is not a bigger issue to this issue that we watched mm -mm. happen. So don't even try to use that as, you know, rioting and what's going on. No, let's still stay focused on the action. Yeah. Every action produces a reaction. Mm -hmm. And now sometimes what we like to do is start focusing on the reaction Absolutely. when it's the action. So when we're looking at what's the, the state of where we're at is all a reaction to slavery. Wow. Yeah. To sl slavery was the action. Mm -hmm. Everything we're experiencing now this is the reaction. reaction. Wow. You follow what I'm saying? No, and yeah, so I do. we're all kind of looking for a way to evaluate how we got to this place. And there it is. Yeah. There it is. And evaluate years, evaluate being stolen, taken, being put on, evaluate being whipped and being made to be yeah. treated and thought of as an animal. Evaluate that. I know. And then evaluate the mindset of the person who did it. And now we can start figuring out some things on, damn, this is what we're really dealing with. This is really an evil that we're dealing yeah. with. And this is really a position that these, that black people came out of mm -hmm. and the work and that that had to happen to come out of it and you know it's a it's a it's a huge conversation it is a huge conversation but I, I like i said i enjoy the conversations and i you, and, and and when i say enjoy i enjoy being able to 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 get into the conversations of learning and giving education on what is actually really going on you yeah know what I'm saying? and you have a great perspective and i think it's not so much that the conversation or is it is enjoyable but it's 
it's what comes out of it. Right. This is this is again right. the action, and and hopefully it can create a better reaction, right. and we can continue to do that. Um, so I think. Um, you know, one last piece that I would have is just kind of like looking to the future and, you know, personally, and I hate to make it about me, but like, I'm always looking for ways that I can be better in this movement or actually be part of the change. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, I don't know, you know, I tell myself I'm doing a good job of it by continuing to educate myself, by having the conversations that make me Mm -hmm. uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. by learning about slavery and really digging into that history, which... Mm -hmm. I think what scares people is it's it's uncomfortable because mm-hmm. it's a terrifying and and, and mm-hmm. it, it was Correct. it was a disgusting Correct. piece of our history and so people don't want to look at it you mm-hmm. know um, and and so what would you say that like people I mean from an ally perspective because that's who I am like would you say to your white friends that they could do differently or do you have any you know suggestions on that? Um. Right now, you know, the main thing I say to a lot of my white friends who have been contacting me and, and speaking to me is one, you know, education. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because you you want to be educated in this movement. Um, and, and the education is not just looking at slavery. Um, it's looking at the injustices also that are going on today and being able to to, to really see and see that it's a real thing. And then the empowerment of that on you and on them is what can I do? And whatever choice you make to do, I feel like that choice is from a great place because you were educated mm-hmm. and you allowed that education to affect your heart and your mind to make a decision yeah. to band with a movement mm-hmm. that wants to see black lives, you know, matter yep. or to wants to see justice true justice happen within the black community or true justice happen with how black people are treated within this country that that passion and however that passion comes out whether it's you know you know <clears throat> beginning to you know get involved with programs get involved with you know movements get involved with systems that are that are going to push these agendas um it all comes from a passion of education it all comes from a place of love too yeah. you know what i'm saying it all it yeah. all comes from a place of love so i don't tell people exactly hey this is what you should do i say yo get educated the fact that you want to be a part of seeing you know uh these injustices change is a lot and now edu- educate yourself on all the ways that we're, they're really happening. Yeah. Like I said, you know, a lot of people don't know. Just don't know what's happening sure, in the justice true. system. Yeah. Just don't know that it's happening in, in the financial sectors. Just don't know that it's happening. They really they don't just don't know. know. They're just living in their own world. Right. And so people just... But once you start seeing and educating, which I feel is happening now, yeah. Um, then you start saying... I want this to change. Yeah. And it might be one thing that's over here. You might, you can't solve everything. True. You know what I'm saying? And so you might say, this, this over here is what I want to be a part of and I'm choosing to be a part of it. And that's where I feel like you can be effective. Sure. I, I also had thought about and talked with others about not so much that you have to even change your life, but look at the things you already do mm-hmm. and how you can support black communities through doing them. Right. So like you, your, your business, for example, and you cross so many boundaries. We already talked about this with your gym and your community. But if you, you know, can support black businesses mm-hmm. and, and people in your community do that you know mm-hmm. if it's already things right. you're going to be doing right. then why not do it in those ways and, and just 
do a little research to see if you can, you know, if you're going to spend your money on certain things, can you, right. can you do it to benefit, right. you know, your community and the people who are in it? Right. So I think that's one thing that I would suggest as well. Um, so yeah, this awesome. This is a great conversation. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk Thank with you. me. I, I hope you enjoyed it. it. Um, I, really did. I don't know if, if you would mind, we do something that's called, um, emotional support sister. And so usually what we'll do is I'll kind of give some sort of uplifting or inspiration story or, um, just kind of a, a quick rundown. So I was thinking because you're so good at, at motivating people and you're always sharing <laughs> on your Instagram, if you wouldn't mind just giving us a quick, um, you know, 30 seconds of why not to give up? Why not to give up? Um, because your life matters. And a lot of times we don't realize there's a saying that says each one teaches one and iron sharpens iron, you know, and, and a lot of times we feel like we're alone in the things that we go through, no matter what it is, no matter what all across. But sometimes we feel we feel like we're alone and that's what makes us want to give up caving and quit. But you got to realize that you're not alone and that your life matters, whether it matters for your sister, whether it matters for your mom, whether it matters for your child, whether it matters for your neighbor. We need each other. Iron sharpens iron and no person is an island to us to themselves. We need each other. And once you find your place and understand the thing, I'm, I'm needed. I'm, I'm wanted. And I play a part in this thing called life and this thing called love and this thing called experiencing and living. I play a part in it. And I'm not going to allow myself to fail, to give up, to cave in and quit. When I was in prison, that was my mentality. I can, be, I can succumb to this. Mm -hmm. I can. But I got a child out there that I got to live for. And I got to live for him right now. I can't wait till I get there to start living for him. I got to live for that child right now. I got to be a father right now. I can't wait till I get there to be a father. I got to write letters. I got to teach him how to spell. I got to do all that. I got to figure out how to do that in prison. Yeah. And that's when I realized my life, my life matters to that kid. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I would say that, it, you know, just being put on the spot, I would give that motivation. Just know that your life matters. Yeah. Your life matters to me. You know, being able to sit here and, and talk about these issues and to see your passion for seeing people enlightened, seeing your passion to see people motivated, inspired, seeing your passion to see justice happen. That's enlightening and that's power to me. You follow what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So each one teaches one. Iron yep. sharpens iron. Yep. And that's the motivation, baby. That's awesome. Let's go. I like it. I like it. I, I heard a saying before that you could have, um, you know, a hundred reasons to succumb to whatever's trying to defeat you, mm -hmm. but you'll always have more to keep mm -hmm. fighting. Mm -hmm. And I think look at those things that you have that are what you're fighting for mm -hmm. and value them and appreciate them and love them. So I uh, really appreciate your time. Thank, thank you, you so thank much you, for joining. Thank you All for right. having me. I'll keep you in the loop I and I'll tag it. you and yes. um, your your Instagram and everyone can kind of go and follow you yes, and, and learn I more. So. Thank All you right, very cool. much.